What's your spooky podcast? Okay, yeah. So, first of all, yes, very obsessed with you guys recording podcasts all the time, <laughs> and uh, slightly jealous. So, Austin was out. Well, I was out with Austin, and he was picking up the mic and the cord, the stand. Nothing too fancy. We were gonna get one of these bad boys, but um, yeah, he picked one up, and I was like, oh, I think I might pick up another mic. And he was kind of confused. I was like, oh, I want to record a podcast too. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right, everybody wants to Everyone's doing it. <laughs> I think we'll be like the podcasting buddies for Calgary. That's awesome. We're going to have at least, at least 15 listeners by the end of the year. <laughs> We've already got like 12. You've got Actually, followers? If you combine mine and Derek's, it's, uh, or if you combine this one with Unicorns Unite, it's like 20. Yeah. See, I feel like you guys stole Unicorns, Unicorns Unite from something. Oh. So You can get right up to it. Give it, yeah, touch it. Oh, Lick it. This is not COVID safe. Yeah, it's my, did you hear that though? It sounds a lot better. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, COVID's not going around anymore. Well, if any of us had it, it'd be game over for all I feel of us. I must have been exposed to it at one point. I feel the same way, but. You take your vitamins? Every day. Vitamin duh. Vitamin duh. Austin makes fun of me because uh, we take like a C and D combo and we take the double recommended dose anyways. And then when I'm feeling. Like, I need an extra boost. I'd just take more of them. And he pulls out a pack of just vitamin D. He's like, you know, you could just take this if that's what you're trying to dose up on. It's like, nah. But the cherry-flavored chewables are way better. Oh, you get the chewables? Yeah. Because you're 12. Thank you. Hey. I am. I am 13. Are they Flintstone-shaped? No, not anymore. Those are not acceptable for adults. I feel like they are. I thought that they were making Flintstone vitamins for adults. Uh, we also get the chewable, like the... We get the hard chewable C and D ones, which are the chalky ones, but we get the full on, like gummy bear ones, for our multivitamins. It's it's something I've noticed that they're doing a lot more. They didn't do it with the previous generation, but because ours is the, uh, because we're the uh, consolation prize uh, participation trophy generation, <laughs> they're expanding our childhoods well, <laughs> into our adulthood. <laughs> yeah, that because there's a lot of people who are now thirty and up, thirty I plus. I don't know who you're talking about. 30 plus and they're all uh, I don't know any 30 plus year olds that are in our generation yeah zero. 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 <laughs> no but it you know Disney's like big and right uh, you know if, if we have kids we're definitely watching all the Disney movies with our kids and be like no you watch like this well right? we're watching it for ourselves exactly our kids will be there hopefully they won't get up and leave <laughs> so it's a definitely a lot more childish is the wrong word but a, a playful generation the nostalgia's coming back yeah I don't know. I love all the commentary on the millennials and we are kind of a funny generation, I think. I think we're just embracing our ignorance, I guess. I think we've, yeah, yeah, we're embracing because when we were at the age of, what's the generation below us? Gen Z? I think it's Gen Z. When we were, you know, their age, what they are now, we had the older groups making fun of us for being lackadaisical and lazy and entitled. When honestly, I think we're one of the more hardworking ones. I 100% a, agree. Yeah, given a shit deal. But uh, now the Gen Zs are making fun of the millennials. You know, the whole adulting. Oh, I'm, I've been busy adulting. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you've sa- I've heard you say it. Everybody our age says it. So they, they make fun of us for that. They're like, yeah, you're 30. You should be an adult. Yeah, see, we should. I don't know. I remember being a kid and thinking, oh, at 30, you're full adult at one point I thought at 16 you were full adult I remember when I was a small small child I thought that by 16 it was a reasonable time to have children and a family well maybe in Sarajevo where you're from 
easy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, uh, we're all stumbling around pretending we know what to do. And uh, our parents were doing the same thing, but they would never admit it. So I think we're the more honest generation. I mean, we're, now my mom says, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing either. I'm I like, feel- Do you now know what you're doing? <laughs> It's, it's the biggest thing that you learn when you grow up. You're like, oh shit, everybody's making this up. You think that you just, you hit 18 or 21 or whatever and you just, it no. gets downloaded in your brain. No, we're all just making shit up. That's what work is mostly. It's going to work and fake it till you make it. Nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, a lot of the times you're facing a new problem and you, even if you try to reach out for help, sometimes they're like, I don't know. Oh, cool. Let's so try I, this. I'm in charge of <laughs> fixing this problem. I don't know if I trust myself. When I got put in, part of, uh, put in charge of people, I was like... No, <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> have you, I'm sure you have, but all over Instagram that, have you made people? I've made people. <laughs> like, oh, I haven't seen that. That's hilarious. Oh, it's good. Just people talking about uh, parenthood. I've made people. They I think, follow me. <laughs> and you're stuck with them. You can't just get rid of them. I mean, well, if you, you, if you, you really, could, if but. you really don't like them, can't you just like put them up for adoption? Isn't that how that works? Yeah. Probably like 15, just dump them off. Yeah. It seems like a long commitment. Children, I know eighteen years, and then probably well, I still bug, years. I still bug my parents. Years. <laughs> Look <laughs> at you! <laughs> Tell your parents that funny joke of eighteen years. <laughs> Mom, I'm hungry. I think you were right about uh, being a more honest generation, especially the the guys. I know it's still a it's still a an issue with you know you got to be a man and don't show your emotion. But I've had a lot of conversations with my family members who are my age, and and we're much more in tune with our feelings. Not in like a bitch way, but <laughs> like we can talk about it. We can talk about depression or I feel sad today. Well, I think it's important that you do. I don't know. I'm, have you seen the statistics when they talk about like the mental health numbers and the suicide numbers? And like an overwhelming majority of young people that commit suicide are men. And there's been thoughts on that about it being because you're oppressing your feelings. You're not open to telling people when something's wrong mm. so you just have to sit there and stew in it where thankfully our generation is getting help and talking to their friends even if that's if your therapy's going and telling your buddies hey listen i had a crap day today and here's why yeah it's better than just sitting at home and letting it stew in your head and them actually listening to you yeah and being you know hey i, I get it yeah hey i have that too yeah. oh wow what hey november's <laughs> coming up yeah I wonder if I should do that again. I w- my wife always gets mad because November 1st is my birthday and then I'm clean shaven and have a shitty mustache for the rest of the month. And then come December, you got to shave again because you can't just grow your beard while you have a shitty mustache. Mm. See, I'm pretty sure my husband just Well, he's growing uh, his beard after. <laughs> he's he's a mighty California redwood. Like, he can do whatever. <laughs> he looks good in everything. I mean, I'm pretty lucky. Punch in above your weight. <laughs> have you been told that before? Sadly, many times. <laughs> Actually? No. Oh. I mean, by you guys, absolutely. I used to joke that uh, my now wife was, when we first started dating, used to do community service when she was dating me. Like she had a DUI <laughs> or something, and that was her punishment. Please date this guy. <laughs> It'll be good for him. My mom's paying her like 25 cents a day. <laughs> wow, talk about being underpaid. <laughs> so when you're adulting, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, did we just cut out? I feel like we're cutting out a little bit. No, we're good. I can hear it. Okay. That won't get edited either. No self-editing. You have to edit. Why? I feel like you have to edit. No offense. Love your podcast. Thank you. I I really do. 
I told you. I told you I was shocked when I listened to the first episode. I was like, two hours and 38 minutes? I don't know if I could get through this. I, yeah, I got through it. It was entertaining all the way through. There was a couple times when you guys were saying, ooh, it's okay, we'll edit this out. And then nothing got edited out where I was thinking, well, maybe you should have edited that out. Oh, <laughs> we want to raw, raw dog it. It's better when you raw dog it. that means what you think it means. I think it does. <laughs> it's 2021. It can mean whatever I want it to mean. Oh, absolutely. There you go. I'm sure someone's offended, though. Good. That's how you get viewers. Do you know any racist jokes? No. That's a lie. You're from... I was about to say Kosovo. <laughs> Serbia. That's a very racist area. That whole Eastern Bloc. There's a lot of racist areas. Unusually quiet on you wanna that. Talk, you want to talk about the East being racist? Where are you from? What do you mean? You're, no, you're, like you weren't born here. No. You got yeah. it right. I was born in Sarajevo. I, see, I called it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up Serbian. Went to Belgrade uh, in 92. They had one of the best soccer teams of the, like the 90s. Red Star Belgrade. They're still not bad. No, they're shit. They're still not bad. They're terrible. They're not bad. <laughs> when did you come here? 96. 96. So your, your parent, your mom moved here. Yeah, my mom and I moved here. Yeah. yeah. Why'd you pick Calgary? Um, my cousins, well, my her sister and her family moved here first. They moved here, uh, my aunt and my cousins moved here in 94, my uncle followed in 95, and then we came in 96. Uh, they moved to Red Deer first. Why Red Deer? I don't really know the story there, but they ended up in Red Deer for whatever reason, and I think my aunt made it for like two weeks before she was like, yeah, no, I need something bigger. Yeah, well, I mean, because Calgary wasn't even that big <laughs> no, in 94. But it was bigger than Red Deer. Yeah, so why Red Deer? I, I have no, I mean, I don't know. Is there we a big Serbian population no, there? No, there's, well, as you know, it's not... A bad Serbian population here. Like it's, it's a this is a pretty size. large one? Yeah. I think some of the bigger ones are out in Ontario. Every All the big ones are in Ontario. Little Italy and Toronto. I know. Actually, I was going to say, uh, like, a lot of uh, Indians and Middle Easterns move out there. But I know Winnipeg has one of the highest, I think, Sikh populations. Oh. Winnipeg or Manitoba. I don't know why they all gravitated there. Uh, as soon as, I feel like as soon as some small portion starts gravitating there, you want to go where... You're going to feel at home. Yeah. I, I, know it's, I always find it interesting why people chose to move to Calgary. And I know I always get to ask that. Like, well, why is your family here? I had an uncle who moved here in like 56 or something. <laughs> and everybody followed. I love Calgary. I love it. I should hope so. I know. I, I cannot imagine living somewhere else long term. Like, I'd definitely move away for a while. But I feel like I'd want to end up in Calgary. Maybe... Spend the winter somewhere a little bit more uh, tolerable. Oh, you want to be a snowbird? <laughs> well, not necessarily. I still want to ski and stuff, but maybe a month or two somewhere warmer. But I know, yeah, the snow kind of gets to you, which I don't mind this global warming thing because I remember it's October 19th now, and we used to be in 20 feet of snow, minus 25 degrees, and now look at it. You can go out with shorts on. I was scrolling through my Instagram the other day, and I don't post very much, so it didn't take very long to get to December last year, and there was just a post of us in... Austin's parents' backyard having a fire December, mid-December. I remember when it was deep freeze, always mid-December. Mm-hmm. I feel, I don't know, I don't think that our winters are getting necessarily warmer because I, that February freeze comes in hard. Do you remember two years ago, it was minus 20 every day in February? At least mm-hmm. minus 20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was still working up in Fort Mac and we had a stretch where it was below minus 40 consistently. Like the highs. What do you... How do you work in that? 
uh, you spend time inside unless it's absolutely necessary to go outside. Okay, speaking of, you're an engineer. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people hear engineer and then they think building bridges or if you're in this province, oil and gas. But nobody actually knows what that means. We don't know what it means either. You're, you're making it up <laughs> as you go along. No, I'm just kidding. Well, there's here, like Austin and I have this conversation. Am I allowed to say his name? Oh, yeah, you can. Austin, can I say your name? She said it a lot. Call him <laughs> Tina. He says no. Yeah. Tina. <laughs> oh, the matzo sticks are here. Thanks. We, uh, well, we didn't. Uh, Jovina ordered uh, matzo sticks from a lovely middle Greek place called Universe. <laughs> Is it Greek? Yeah, it's Greek. Oh. It's... Picture, uh, what's the restaurant for my Big Fat Greek Wedding? That's what it is. That's what I picture in my mind. I don't know that I've ever been inside it. We've ordered from it a few times. Oh, it's good. It's awesome in there. Their breakfast is really good. Their uh, breakfast poutine? Breakfast poutine. I know where it is. Their poutine is really good. It's traditional. It's like Montreal poutine. So the uh, the gravy's a bit sweeter. Their breakfast poutine is with tater tots though, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I would Mm. think that the Mm. breakfast one was. That's good. Tater tots. You like the tots? Love tater tots. Anyway, sorry, what I was going to say is Austin and I have this discussion about engineering a lot. And I think that a lot of people go into engineering, or at least when we were going in, a lot of people went in thinking, oh, I'm going to be designing so many cool new things. But we're (laughs) at a point now where, like especially in Calgary and Alberta, I find the engineering work here isn't so much design work as it is putting things together to do what you want it to do. So for example, if you're designing a plant, cool, you're designing a plant, but really you're just playing, a, putting together a jigsaw puzzle of what pumps are going to pump your sand, etc. It's Tetris meets Lego. Yeah, with like a little bit of math. And you need four years of intense schooling for that? Absolutely. Otherwise bridges fall down? Something like that. Is it true that the ring is made from the metal of that bridge? That's the story. They, <laughs> uh, yeah. If anybody so, doesn't know, it's that you when you graduate... And anywhere, anywhere in Canada, anywhere in Canada, engineering, you get a little pinky ring, mm-hmm. thin little metal thing, the and it's supposed to be ring. the iron ring, and it's supposed to be made from metal of a bridge that collapsed from an engineer who didn't know what he was doing, or she, because <laughs> women can fuck up as well. <laughs> That's the takeaway here. <laughs> that is, yeah, uh, yeah. No, so the idea, there's a few stories behind the iron ring, but originally the story was that the metal came from this collapsed bridge. I don't know if it ever actually did. It definitely doesn't anymore if it ever did, but uh, what it's you're supposed to wear it on the pinky finger of your dominant hand, and so when you write, not that anybody uses pen and paper anymore, but when you write, it taps on the table. You don't have to actually demonstrate. I want to. Hang on. That's clear. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Crystal clear. Um, yeah, so you're supposed to have it tap on the table to remind you to double and triple check your calculations. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I just thought it was like you look at it and you remember. No, yeah, it's supposed to tap as you write. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Clever. What are you writing though? Oh, well, like calcul- when you're doing your calculations, oh, supposedly. Okay. Like I said, we have Excel now. <laughs> so it does it for you. Yeah. So yeah. So really, you should like a. You just have to <laughs> you should, like little thimble is what we need. So when we're typing, it's like, clicking. <laughs> do you remember the was it Clippy or whatever from Microsoft Word? The of guy that helped you. Of course I do. They should have like that for engineering program, except it's a little ring that pops up on your Excel sheet. <laughs> and like, hey, do you need help with this? Don't kill anybody. Did you double check your calculation? Did you triple check? Yeah. Excel sometimes comes up and is like, oh, there's an error. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. But you have to go on site a lot. I do. Yeah. Or although I thought you were selling stuff now. So I'm a technical advisor for a big lubricants company. Are you allowed to say the name? Mm, let's not. Okay. Big firm in Calgary? Uh, big f- Medium it's firm. 
huge firm worldwide as mm-hmm. in terms of being a lubricant supplier. Um, Ooh, <laughs> is it sticky or is it? <laughs> no. Okay. Never mind. You didn't listen to the last one. Never mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Lubricant supplier, big firm. Yeah. Anyways, I'm a technical advisor for them. So basically I work parallel with our sales team. Um, I'm here so that they don't have to know all of the technical information about all of our products and the application. So they go out hunting, um, get us new customers. They work with the customers with all their supply needs, doing all the ordering. And then my role is basically there to help with any product recommendations. If they ever have any issues, we'll go in and do root cause analysis and stuff like that. Uh, Just make sure that they're using the right products or sometimes they are using the right products, but so overextending them. So you've got the sales team, which is selling them the lubricant and supplies Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're there basically as the person who knows how all the shit works and make sure that the sales team is selling them the right stuff. Yeah. So whenever they're going out for a new bid, let's say with a new customer, they'll typically get a list of all of their equipment, the products that they're currently using. And then I'll be the one looking at, we'll do like cross references of the products that they're currently using and then looking at what they're using them in to make sure that they're using the right product. Do you use your degree? When you first started, I, yeah. I imagine you did. Like when you were interning in places or you got your your you know, your initial job, your entry level job, you were using your degree, I imagine. Cause what sorry, what degree do you have? I have a mechanical engineering degree. So that's building shit. It's like machinery. So like rotating machinery. Right. Oh right. Uh, civil engineering would be building shit. Civil engineering is building things that don't move, bridges or don't move too much. <laughs> Bridges, buildings, they'll do infrastructure. Um, and you got your mechanical then, so you're rotating. It's all, yeah, it's a thing. Typically rotating equipment okay. is what would fall under there. Um, but now in this current role? I'd say I definitely use, I, uh, I've never used a differential equation in my life outside no of school. No idea what that is. Yeah, that's okay. It's calculus. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, all of that stuff that you go through in school, I think it is important to kind of get through to understand how a lot of these calculations were originally come up with but there's no reason for anybody to be well in a role like mine there's no reason for me to be sitting there deriving equations when they've already been well developed so I'll use the final product of the things that we spent years learning (laughs) how to derive because we're just plugging numbers in at this point oh I see so you don't really have to triple check your work I do still. I triple check that I'm putting in the right parameters and sometimes you'll get a weird result and realize you're multiplying by something completely incorrect. But Do you think university is the best place for engineering or would that be better suited at like a trade State? school? Uh, that's another thing that uh, my classmates and I have also discussed at length. There's, I think there would have been a lot of benefit to having more hands-on experience through our degree. I know... I mean, I, you always hear the old adage, university, well, trade schools teach you how to turn the screwdriver and universities teach you why the screwdriver works. I have not heard that. No? <laughs> no. Yeah. You get all the theory. Well, I remember Austin making uh, like a catapult in year one. Like you, you still get to do things. Yeah. And we did some pretty cool stuff with like robotics. That was neat. Um. I've always said that the biggest takeaway I've had through my whole degree was learning how to learn and learning how to learn fast. I think that's the biggest benefit of university, which is what most people say. Yeah. And when you see that somebody with a degree, you're like, oh, this person 
knows how to learn. They, yeah. they can pick something up and they can complete something. Yeah. So how many year three engineers drop out and go into business school? You know, a I lot. Think, yeah. Well, you know, I remember in our probably first week of school, they did the whole sit you down. They tell you, look to your left, look to your right. At least one of these people will not be sitting with you next year. Not me. It was actually just like that. Was it? Yeah. That's good. Well, kudos to you for getting through it. I know it's a tough program, especially here in Calgary. Schulich is Schulich? Schulich. Schulich School of Engineering, University of Calgary. One of the top programs, right? I don't know about the rankings. I, w- I was going to say, do you think it matters? But it does. Like people, people, no, down in the States, like, oh, you yeah, went to Harvard, oh, you went to Stanford. States, it's so important. But, but here, if you're hiring somebody and you see somebody went to, they have UC, standards. Like, in order to become anything, you have to have a, sta- a standard level of schooling. Yeah, you don't want to get somebody from the University of Barbados or something, right? I mean, I have no idea what their accreditations are, but <laughs> potentially. I, they, the point is that across Canada, they'd have certain courses that you'd have to take to become an engineer. So on top of that, they can add their flavor and maybe they can offer, there's definitely different programs offered. Like for example, the U of A has had a mining, I don't know if they still do, but they have or had a mining engineering program, which I was actually shocked that U of C didn't. I know they don't. Uh, my cousin went to Kingston for mining. Yeah. They don't have one here. Which is weird Mining is really niche. That's well, a niche engineering degree. I, I, I wouldn't say so in Alberta. Like our entire, like there's so much mining in Northern Alberta. We're mining the oil sands. Yeah, but isn't that people who go into, what's the oil and gas engineering one? We have petroleum, oil and gas. Um, yeah, like wouldn't they be doing that instead of mining? So it depends what you're looking at. So you've got your, and again, I didn't study any of these other subjects, but uh, the oil and gas ones, like a lot of them were for well development and, um, not necessarily the mining portion. Yeah, it's different. It's like different aspects. Yeah, because there's different ways to extract our natural resources, right? So, fracking. Exactly. Is bad. Fracking no. is effective. <laughs> fracking is effective. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about it. Somebody tried to explain it to me once, and I just glossed over it. I started thinking about. Well, I'm not going to say what I was thinking about. Oh, are you editing internally? I mean, yeah, I won't edit this, but I'll internally edit, which is new for me. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, every, every, uh, each university has their own specialties. Like you wouldn't go to, you wouldn't go to Toronto for oil and gas. You'd come to Calgary. Exactly. That's why I'm a little bit surprised that UFC doesn't have mining. Not like I, I wouldn't be surprised if other places didn't, but like I said, because we do have a mining industry in our province you'd think that the two big universities here would both offer it because the people that I worked with when I was working in Fort Mac, yeah, there was a lot of people from Edmonton, but there's a lot of people from Calgary too. Engineers or like the, the roughnecks? Uh, everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. There, there was quite a few like mining engineers from U of A. Oh, well, there's a lot of people from Queens. There's people from everywhere. I mean, fucking Queens, but you got against Queens. Apparently, when my cousin applied there, they were the whitest school, statistically. And that was 2010. So that was only 10 years ago. I don't know if things have changed now. Interesting. Yeah. Would you, I wonder what their rates were. Like, I, I'm just curious what that would entail being the whitest school. Like, is are we well diversified elsewhere or were they just 
No, just just white. Just lots of white. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter though. What? I say that, but I mean, usually you go for the the most qualified person. Yeah, I. I mean, I felt like there was quite a bit of cultural diversity in our program. Uh, they have the uh, what is it? Women in engineering and science. The, yeah. the, there's that group or whatever at UC. Oh, I it's a, it's a. They have uh, like chapters throughout. I have no idea what they do, but you know, I, I'd like to say I've participated more, and I probably should. Well, it is a very male-dominated industry and a very male-dominated program it's at getting UFC. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, with everything, it's getting better. But I think we were up to like close to twenty-five percent in mechanical uh, when we graduated so at women. For every four dudes, there was one. For every three dudes, there was one. I didn't go for engineering or for political science, so oh, don't. I'm sorry. Did you did you do uh, math thirty though? <laughs> or sorry, like yeah, math eleven years ago, <laughs> eleven years ago. I was the shittiest thing too. It's like I got my test back. It's a fraction. I don't even know what I got. Like, <laughs> was it weird for you? Well, you're a pretty well put together person and a very strong, independent Serbian woman, which I'm sure you credit to that. So it must not have really mattered to you. Did other women feel a little out of place? I'm sure people do feel out of place. Um, Specifically at U of C in school. Yeah, and I think I think it's very different. Like the there's also a huge discrepancy between the different programs. Like some programs still probably have one woman. Some of the smaller programs, the smaller engineering ones. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that depends too. Back when we were in school, I'm pretty sure it was like chemical and civil had the highest percentages of women. Mechanical was up there. Um, Did you face any adversity? I mean, you're always facing adversity. Like everybody individually, or I think I, I do think that everybody individually is. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I yes, you have to put up with things that men probably wouldn't. Um, I'm sure every woman in a male-dominated workplace has had to put up with, you know, little comments or... Does it bug you? Do you, like, do you care? I know, I know a lot of women who just don't care to hire me because I'm qualified, not because I'm a woman. And I, I know, I, I also know, know a lot of women one, that are... The no one thing that quota. does bother me is that uh, I don't, I like, I've heard those comments where, oh yeah, like, you got hired because you're a woman. Like, no. I sure hope that's not why I got I'm hired. just smarter than you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a very... I think I'm better at Excel. Of, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but I think that's one of the big things, too, that people don't realize is when, like, we're talking about these meeting these quotas, and my company, I think, does it pretty well, and they've always said that they have targets, but they're never going to hire the wrong person to hit a target. Yeah, you wouldn't just bring in somebody because of whatever quota they're meeting. Like which, the idea is to not discriminate against people, which is really hard because people have been discriminated against for race, gender, everything, forever. And it's hard to get past that. And there's a lot of biases that people have that they don't even realize. Um, so it's really hard to move away from that. But I think that the first step is that you eliminate not giving someone a chance because they have a strange name or is it a problem 
in the, now that you're out of school, is that a bit of a problem in your industry? Um, I've definitely Being oil, oil and gas to be, to clarify. Um, Cause it is, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Calgary is the smallest big town. It probably in the country and everybody knows everybody and it's a tight knit industry. And it, I, sometimes I it's an all, old boys club. I think club. all of our industries are very small. And I think once you, yeah, especially once you start working, you're going to run into the same people over and over again. You're going to switch jobs. You're going to see the same people. And it is a bit of an old boys club. Sometimes. It definitely can be. The boomers are not retiring. You want to get back to the millennial thing. Like that's the, you know, one of the problems why we're stuck with where there's not enough jobs is the generation before us is living longer, healthier and wants to work and more and they're not retiring. They are. I'm glad they are. Um, I do worry sometimes about some of these companies because yeah, they do have this older population and that's great. I think that knowledge is very valuable, but if you don't have any sort of succession plan, one day those people are going to retire. And when they do, if you haven't passed on any of that knowledge, you're hooped. They're literally making a show about it on HBO. It's called succession. Really? It's so good. I haven't seen it. It's exactly that. It's the old guy doesn't want to give up the reins to his kids. And he's crazy, but awesome. What is it about? He owns a media... Brian Cox plays a... He owns like a media conglomerate. And uh, it's a billion dollar... Like they're billionaires. And it's a billion dollar firm. And he just... He's like 80 something and he refuses to give up. Is he at least teaching his kids? So no, like no, that's he, the whole point. Is he, he just wants control and power. See, that's but where I, the problem comes in because one day... He's going to drop off one way or another. And then what? The whole Ghost tits business up. over? Like, I think it's very important to pass on that knowledge and to have ways to train the future generations. Because even if these, like I said, even if these people aren't stepping out of their positions immediately. Who's next? Who's next? What's next, actually? <laughs> the robots. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. They're already making robots that can think independently. Spooky. Oh, play the music. No, <laughs> no, it won't. that's the wrong one. It, that one doesn't play anything. No. Sorry, I, I kind of interrupted you. Yeah. So no, that's okay. Yeah, is, no. is it a bit of a problem with diversity? It, it's a very big push now in this area about diversity and inclusion and I'm taking human resources courses and that's a major part of it now is if you can get a, lot, a job being the VP of HR specializing in diversity and inclusion. You're set for life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because all the companies are doing it now. Is that your plan? No. I don't think I'd be very good at that. No comment. Yeah. I uh, I once worked for a guy, an MLA, who mm. was very much against quotas. So, Was he also against uh, minorities? No, he was just against quotas. Okay. And I'm... People... Quotas implemented incorrectly, I think, are... They're not going to do you any good. Yeah, and people usually conflate the two. They think if you're against quotas, that means you hate everybody who's not you. And if you're an old white guy, they think that you just hate everybody who's an old white guy. But really, it's more of a ideological position of you shouldn't force something on a private business. And there's studies from Sweden, like from the Scandinavian countries, that show uh, quotas actually, it was for women. And quota, uh, quotas in certain industries actually did less for women than countries or industries where How there so? were no quotas. Uh, because the, exactly what you were thinking about, there was that sentiment that she just got the job mm -hmm. because they're trying to meet a quota and then you hit that ceiling. Yeah, I don't know. In an ideal world, we wouldn't need quotas because people wouldn't be discriminated against based on these factors. 
Well, that's, I've always attributed to like the classical view of feminism, not this, whatever this new age one is, but that the way to do it isn't to enforce these things and, and force women into these positions. It's to start from the ground up, right? It's through training, teaching young kids knowledge and just having more women involved in giving, giving them the opportunities, giving everybody opportunities really. But once you do that, then women can seize the opportunity or whatever it is, whatever race, whatever gender, whatever you are, you seize the opportunity and you can grow and you can break through that ceiling. But when you kind of enforce stuff, it's, it's like when you were a kid, your mom says, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. What are you going to do? My hand's already in the cookie jar, mom. Got to get the nice Sarajevo, whatever they were. What do they make? Cacaos? S biscuits. <laughs> oh, S cookies. Did you like those S cookies? I haven't opened them yet, but no? thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm so excited. I brought them home. Austin was like, what is this? I he doesn't like, know what. Just wait. No, and he also doesn't drink coffee. Why are you married to him? More coffee for me. Oh, that's staying in. <laughs> um, well, he's going to love those S cookies. They also have chocolate ones, but sometimes you just got to go with the classic. No, I like the classics. I like yeah. the classics. They're like the ladyfinger. Those are good. Yeah. Or some nice tiramisu. I'm not a tiramisu person. Me neither. I don't like it. I don't like anything that tastes like coffee that's not coffee. Well, there's booze in it. Yeah. But, but I guess you could just drink the booze. Yeah. I know. I was weird. I uh, I was a weird Italian because they don't, nothing chocolate, right? All the desserts are not chocolate. They don't use it. But I only think something's a dessert if there's chocolate in it. Oh. Yeah. So I hate all Italian desserts. <laughs> Fuck them. When, uh, when my mom met Austin for the first time. And Austin has, you know, his slew of nut allergies and everything allergies, but nut allergies mainly was the concern. And my mom said, there's no good Serbian dessert worth making without nuts in it. <laughs> and then she got creative. So we've been, uh, we've been trying out some new things, but it's. Yeah, what can you use as a nut replacement? You, you don't. Oh. No, we don't. We just, she's moved on to different things. See, if you were vegan you, and you were at a nut allergy, I feel like that'd be really tough because a lot of the protein is replaced with uh, cashews. Yeah. And for, yeah, we've talked Almonds, about this. Walnuts. We've talked about this so much because like his allergy is legumes. So you get your proteins from beans. Say that again. Legumes. Legumes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you were vegan, you'd be trying to get your protein out of beans, chickpeas, nuts. He'd have to eat a lot of spinach <laughs> just tell them to stick with red meat nobody died from red meat they died from the cancer from red meat <laughs> maybe from choking on it too like i almost I, I almost choked once scariest moment of my life on red meat or no i didn't almost choke i did choke i guess on what um i, I was a kid and my dad made like a pork tenderloin but it was wrapped in like the skin and the skin got stuck in my throat did you get flipped upside down? No, no, no. I wasn't that young. I was like 12 or something. My dad picked me up and he was about to give me the Heimlich. And then all of a sudden an angel came down and just pulled it. <laughs> into your, th- like further down, down into my stomach. Yeah. I also but I, ha- yeah. yeah, that was, that was scary. I, uh, I also had a choking experience. I was a smaller kid than was you it were. With, was it Austin? It was on a sausage and it was, <laughs> and I, it, I started choking and my uncle grabbed me by the ankles and flipped me upside down. And it worked? Yep. Sausage Bella? came out? Yep. Wow. Gave me a good shake. That's uh, And that's without an engineering degree. Uh, he actually has one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, if he was- He's if, also a mechanical engineer. <laughs> oh, there you go. If he had done poli-sci like me or liberal arts, I, he'd be I like, I don't know. I might be here. Who knows? Maybe ask the piece of sausage why you decided. 
why did you take up residence yeah. in Yov's throat? Maybe it deserves to be there. Maybe. How dare you kick it out? <laughs> oh. No, yeah, that's funny that you say that. Yeah, uh, a lot of the men in my family are engineers. That's kind of... Is that why you went into it? Um, Yeah, I think I think I was probably 14 when I decided I wanted to be an engineer. And yeah, like I said, like my cousins were engineers. My dad, before he passed away, was an engineer. My uncle's an engineer. Like all around me, the men are engineers. And uh, yeah, in junior high, I guess, I realized I was good at math and loved it and good at physics and liked it. And I was like, oh, maybe this is what I'll do. Nice. I yeah. carve out a really good career. I mean. Especially here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been up and down. It's been tough, I think, lately. As you know, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about it a lot, but a lot of the a lot of our classmates have struggled getting jobs. And I do remember seeing a lot of guys when I went back to school to finish up my degree and then just seeing guys at the gym. I mean, like who were in engineering just ask them how it was going is it yeah i'm bartending now even when i was bartending a lot of them were all just engineers and stuff that was around 2015 yeah when i was uh when i was just working in the something. restaurant industry same thing we had geologists engineers like take your pick a lot of bars actually started putting um uh like qualifications on their application must be an engineer <laughs> no must not be an engineer <laughs> wow because why? people they Leave? yeah they like we need people to stay and we can't have you fuck off when a job comes up. I the guy and who honestly, sold me my uh, my engagement ring, he was an engineer, and he couldn't. He got laid off and had to go work at uh, Michael Hill. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like I said, it's been kind of tough times. Um, you know what though? I talked to my uncle who's in it. He's the COO at. Uh, I can't remember. His specialty is is uh, startups. So he's worked for a ton of different companies. Starts them up and then they sell them. Yeah. Awesome. Usually to the Chinese. I might get shot for saying that. But is that what Austin does? No, no, no. Austin oh, awesome. Does. I see. Awesome. No. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we were talking about it because at one point I was debating whether how long we should stay in Calgary, even though I love this place. But is there going to be, I was worried, especially in the height of the pandemic, I was worried Calgary might not come back. So I was asking We're him about it and he's like, that. yeah. And, but he, he told me is honestly, it, the industry isn't as bad as, as you think it is. And it's actually doing better than in the past few years. So we'll be fine. Well, I mean, yeah, we've definitely seen worse downturns, I'd say. But yeah, the last year was tough. Last year was really tough. Like just seeing with my customers and what they were going through. Well, especially if you're on, yeah, you're on like the sales end of things, more of the supply sales. I could see how that would be down, but maybe the actual production side of it. Well, so that's a thing. If um, like some places that got hit hard, depending on what their production schedule looked like and what, how profitable they were. If some of them had to shut down for shorter periods, whether it was because they had people sick and couldn't run the plant or for whatever reason. But I mean, typically on that side, our operations are generally 24 hour, seven day a week, like, you don't shut down unless you absolutely have to. That's old school. Like, no, but like you actually, that you have to. You ha yeah, you have yeah, to. You just, and it makes more sense. Like it, it's such a nightmare shutting down equipment and starting it back up. You're way better off <laughs> just to leave it running. Get some scrubs in to just take care of it while everybody's sick. Uh, that would yeah, be bad. I mean, it's tough. I don't know. Could, I, could somebody who wasn't an engineer do like the stuff you guys do? Some of it, not, not the actual... Yeah, uh, a lot of my colleagues are not engineers. A lot of them 
do have a technical background. So like there's lots of people from SAIT and things like that. But yeah, again, you learn a lot of what you need to know on the job. I don't remember. On the job training. That's where it's at. You have to. And yeah. any, I, I think that any job you have. Learn by doing. Unless you're going to, like I can't. I've always been a big believer in that. Yeah, I can't think of a. It's amazing. A lot of engineers that just go into a different kind of field. I got another cousin who was a mining engineer and he's like tangential, tangential. I'm not going to try that. He's sort of in the same area, but he works uh, on the finance side of things. Basically, Engineering adjacent. Raising, yeah. <laughs> uh, engineering adjacent. That's the one. Tangentially. Yeah, tangential works. <laughs> he does uh, capital. He raises capital for big deal. Like if somebody wants to buy another mine or somebody wants to mm -hmm. buy another company, he does the capital raising for that. And there's a ton of them out there that go into some other industry. And I know having an engineering degree. Oh, I think it's great. People marketing. covet that. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, you engineer, you're probably really smart. I think, Which you are. I think it goes the other way too, though. I I don't, not for every job I'd say, but typically when you start learning about an industry, no matter what side you're looking at it from, if you're in a company that's going to allow you to move around, you're going to pick up skills along the way. Mm -hmm. And eventually the more exposure you've had to different things. You specialize on what you like and well, what you're good at. Well, the better you're going to be at taking the reins on something else, you know? Yeah. I, one thing that always bugged me is everybody, everybody, generally people on the more green side of things give our, that industry and this province a lot of flack, but it's just really smart people who are aware of how they can make a really good living for themselves and their family. And that's what they go into. Mm -hmm. It's not because they have any notion of fuck the planet or whatever it is that this, it's because they're just very intelligent and they want to provide. And when the energy goes to somewhere else, that's where they migrate to. It's not about, it's not about the actual thing they're pulling out of the ground. It's about living. And people don't seem to I think that's realize a, that. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. And when certain groups villainize our industries. You could say it, left-wing nutbags. No. no, okay, not that, but but green. <laughs> no, yeah, but well, well, <laughs> environmentalists. Certain, in, well, environmentalists or whatever. When people villainize some of these industries, it's like they think that everybody working in them is out to destroy the planet. Nobody that I have met working would be opposed to a greener way of doing things. Where we just also don't think that it makes any sense to think that you can shut off the tap for oil and continue living the way that we do. Oh, if you're going to do the Greta Thunberg thing and just shut everything down. And what you, then? Yeah. Everybody dies. That's what's then. I, I went for a run with my girlfriend today at lunch. And was, I was it cold gonna, out? It was cold out. <laughs> yeah. That's Spoiler all I alert. Got. Spoiler alert. Cold out. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse. No, but I was telling her this morning, I don't know what came over me, but I was just having this thought while I was brushing my teeth and I was just thinking about like there is this whole push towards sustainability, which I am all for. I do think we need to be doing everything that we're doing more sustainably. But with this push, I feel like people don't realize that if you were just to cut off the resources that we have now, like we'd go back to the dark ages. We'd be writing by candlelight. Like in what and world? Not gradually. Have? No. The next day. We don't have the battery capacity to store enough power to generate uh, enough for a city for even one day. Like I, we don't have that technology. So I've, I don't know how I've always been against electricity. I don't think electricity is the answer. 
What do you I mean? think I think hydrogen is. Well, yeah, like I don't think uh, moving everything electric is the way to go. Oh, Nuclear. oh sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Okay, sorry. Is what I thought you were. Is what I thought you were referring to. Because then, yeah, you got to store it in batteries, and we just don't have the no, capacity. And, for no, no, I'm talking about anything. Like oh. when we talk about our, like the push towards solar and wind power, those are intermittent sources. Those are we not can't the answers. Generate uh, wind power when the wind's not blowing. We can't generate solar solar electricity, uh, solar energy when the sun's not shining. So we need to have a way to store it if that's going to be what we think is the next big thing. And Basically put, they're very inefficient means of harnessing energy. Uh, they are inefficient. And on top of that, we're actually super close to reaching, from what I've gathered in my limited research, I think we're fairly close to reaching the efficiency limits of those technologies anyways we're not there yet but we don't have a long way to go there's there's not enough improvement that we can make that's going to drastically increase how much power we can get from these sources because the amount of power that we can get is limited so again that's not going to be a solution long term photosynthesis that's the answer if we can crack photosynthesis plants do it exactly it's the most efficient way of of gaining energy and it's like the most powerful at least when that's what biologists will tell you i believe it yeah you know, we have to believe it i said it it's true fact check where's i'm never wrong where's your producer our, our producer's not where's here where's your producer <laughs> he fucked off oh there he is <laughs> no we don't need how, you now get the fuck out of here photosynthesis homie get the fuck out of here but you're exactly right people it, it's like the whole quotas thing and they're against uh People who think that if you're against quota, you're against a certain group of people. Same thing. Just because you work in oil and gas or petroleum or whatever it is, fossil fuels, it doesn't mean that you're against the planet. It just means you're an intelligent person that knows where the money is and enjoy the work. And when, not if, when the next energy source comes, that's where you move to. Mm-hmm. Well, and this has happened throughout the throughout history. You have these whole towns you have all these sorts of other towns and when one industry shuts down another one springs up and people adapt people move you need a livelihood yeah the world needs power yeah and as far as i understand it this province alberta has the most or spends the most on r&d into sustainable resources i heard you guys uh quote that on one of your earlier episodes i know now we had been drinking I will admit. Yeah, I don't know where that statistic came from. It came from my mind. Okay. No, I, I'm pretty okay. sure I, I read it somewhere in an, probably like a National Post article or something. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I agree. That well, where we're else the would most. though? No. Saudi Arabia doesn't. Venezuela doesn't. Texas won't. Texas is pretty good. I'd say Texas is probably doing not. I'd a bad say they're job of they're R&D. close for sustainable. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Not just R and D. Sustainable R and D. Yeah. So all of these big companies, all of these. Big companies that have oil and gas um, or whatever, any sort of industry that is harmful to the planet, um, let's say, they're all doing their research. They're all trying to become more efficient. And by doing that, they're going to be able to help us reach our, you know, net zero, net zero. carbon emissions and is all this Is net stuff. zero bullshit? Will that do anything? I've always been a... I've always been suspicious, of, not suspicious, but wary of net zero. I don't think it actually does or will do what people want it to do. I think it's just almost a virtue signal. 
Well, so the idea behind net zero is that you'd compensate for all of your emissions, right? But you're still putting out emissions. Yeah, but there's, so there's technologies that exist now, like carbon capture. I, yeah, I saw Iceland uh, opened up something about that. They, they have a whole carbon capture plant. Mm-hmm. You should Google. There's some closer to home. Are there really? Yep. Here in the province? Yep. <gasps> Where? Um, well, d- promote it. Say it. Yeah, I mean, like, Shell has a carbon capture facility. Quest. Quest. That's what it's called. The Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, it's about, net zero is about compensating. So depending on how you go about these compensations, I do think it's a worthy pursuit. I don't know how realistic some of these targets are just based on the timelines that they've set. I mean, it would be great. I think some of the things that people do not take into consideration is that if we were to move to, like you were saying earlier with the whole electric cars, or if we move to a... Where's the power come from? Not not even where does the power come from, but that too, you do need to charge your... Absolutely, you do need to charge your electric... What are you, yeah. what are you charging it with? <laughs> no, absolutely. But then there's other things like lithium mining is going to blow up. That stuff is terrible. Acid rain, I think. <laughs> is that true? Or is that just another... No? Lithium doesn't cause acid rain? Google it. Um, no, but well, yeah. Keep talking while I Google. Sorry, no, all I was going to say is all of these, as long as we're producing new things, we're going to be mining for natural resources. And I think that needs to be taken into account when you're talking about moving to a fully, like when they talk about removing um, gasoline-powered well, there's an article here, the spiraling environmental cost of our lithium battery addiction. I'm curious about that. So again, it's I from think, Wired UK. So I don't know how, you know, you know, I would say, I bet you it's going to mention something about lithium mining because I don't oh, know. I think, what is that? Is that, hmm. is that picture subtitled? What does it say? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's too much to read. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, well, shit, we just lost the flow now. Should no, net, okay, so I, like I understand the concept of net zero, and yes, if there's carbon capture ability, which we have now, which which I understand as being a more recent mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, you're right. It makes sense, but before, I'll give you an example. Um, my sister-in-law used to work at a shoe company. Mm-hmm. And I they, know the one. <laughs> yeah, Aldo or Collet Spring? Aldo Group, I think, because they own it, Collet Spring. They own Collet Spring. And they were going uh, carbon neutral. And she did not know what that meant. She just knew it was a good thing. So I asked her what they were doing. And they were doing, they weren't handing out paper receipts. They weren't handing out bags. I'm like, that's great and all, but they're still emitting. It's like, I don't think it means what you think it means. It's not like they're out there pulling carbon out of the air or whatever. So some companies, for example, to reach these goals are going to start doing things like planting trees. Because... Uh, you can have equivalents. No, uh, you, it's no, no, no. Speaking of, there was, I think it was a Russian guy. I can't remember who. It doesn't matter where he's from. But his plan to save the planet was to plant a billion more trees. And people were like, where? And he's like, Canada. Mm. We have a lot of trees, did you know? We, yeah, <laughs> some of the most trees ever. Yeah, we have a lot yeah. of trees. But yeah, so anyways, that's one of the ways. So if you're not using technology. By the way, I just said some of the most trees ever. Some of the most so. trees ever. Yeah, was... We also have some of the most, what else do we have? Uh, statistics by Michael... Canada has some of the most trees. I think you're not probably too, too far off on that one, to be quite honest. No, but just the way I said it, some of the most trees ever. Some of the ever. most trees, some of the most R&D. 
some of the most. <laughs> what we else? have we have the most R and D ever. No, some of the most. Just R&D Alberta ever. though. Some of the most. They ain't doing that over in Saskatchewan. <laughs> they just got indoor plumbing. That's a fact. What do you mean? Saskatchewan just got indoor plumbing. That's that's a fact. You were saying. <laughs> I'm glad you don't have cameras, but I feel like more would be conveyed by my look at you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. So what I was saying is that some companies will take that, like the ways to reach these net zero emissions, they'll be planting trees. Yeah. That's a form right. of carbon capture. That's the, the most simplest form of carbon an, capture. It's an offset. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think there's very, very easy ways that big changes can be made and it's not going to get you anywhere near zero, but they could but it's better than huge, nothing. huge, huge decreases. And these things that you're saying about like cutting out on plastic bags, cutting out on paper receipts, I think that's actually, I think that's a great step in the right direction. I do. Um, I think the, the bigger problem is the shipping. Like we just got to make sure that when you're shipping an order, your truck is full, for example. Like if you're shipping a half empty truck well that's gonna have to go twice to deliver <laughs> the same amount of, like there's just things like that where i feel like if efficiencies could they'll be add up made. Mm-hmm. and then that's a technical advisor in you coming out <laughs> i see inefficiencies yeah. i must strike them are you sure you're not german do i look german no but I just saying they're, very, they're very efficient they they're brilliant some of the best engineering <laughs> they are country, everything yeah. came out of germany there's yeah they're smart um Thank yeah. God for the Nazis. Michael? Well, just just the scientists who did the good stuff. I just read a book on it. It's crazy. I forgot you were reading that. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. It wasn't called, you guys were calling it How to Be a Nazi, but it's not what it's called. <laughs> it's called Operation Paperclip. It was really good, and it it reveals how much the United States relied on and how many Nazi scientists they relied on. People that, Nazi scientists that built special cement for roads and stuff they were brought over like it, it wasn't just nasa you know what being um being a bad person and being an intelligent person are not mutually exclusive so that's true but it was it's kind of shitty though because when it started and you know it's the united states of america they're supposed to stand for something right so when operation paperclip started it was supposed to be, we're only bringing over the ones who aren't Nazis, the ones who actually resisted, but were just feared for their life. And it turned into, oh my God, the Russians are going to grab them, get everybody. We'll, we'll expunge, expunge their records? Whatever it was. They'll hide it. Everything was classified. And you had people who were doing the human experiments, like just some really, I, I had to take a break every once in a while while reading the book, just reading some of the crazy, gross stuff they were doing. Well, And they were... Living free in America, they were getting a nice hefty paycheck. Like in today's dollars, it was six digits. They were, you know, had vacation homes. They were treated. Some of them became celebrities. You're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to take off your headphones. We'll, fi- we'll figure that out after. Okay. That's, Let me take a break. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're taking a break now. Oh, we have to take a break eventually. I mean. Oh, you got to eat. You can chew into it. I was more worried about my wine. Oh, oh. I see. I can keep talking. Nobody wants that. I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you think, because I took a break with James, we can take a break? I thought that was what you did. Sorry, I could tell nobody really wants to talk about Nazis. I'm just saying, it's crazy. 
the tagline for the Amer- for the Americas. The tagline for the USA should be the country the Nazis built. That's what it should be called. That's actually going to play. <laughs> People will hear that. <laughs> that was a good outro though. Good save. All right, and so maybe I'm there. maybe I'm wrong about net zero. I just I've always been skeptical of it because I think most companies do it as a form of look at us being progressive well i think what you just pointed out though is very correct is i think that there are a lot of companies talking about reaching net zero and when their employees don't know what that means there's obviously a disconnect right so i think that is a good takeaway is it on the employees to do their research and figure out what it is no i think that the company should be spreading the message if that's what they're going to be doing they should be sending out whether it's having a meeting and announcing what their plans are and what that means. In the instance of some of these retail stores, it's usually teenagers that are doing part-time and jobs. And they probably and, don't care. Yeah. And that's fair. So but they're just going to look care, at you and go, oh, it's net zero. It's fine. That's fair. But the information should be available for anybody that does. Knowledge is power. you got to educate people. That's what we were talking about with, you know, fixing some of the everybody's bias and stuff. Yeah. It's not knowledge is the greatest weapon. I Usually, do. you fear what you don't know. I have a lot of fears. <laughs> what do you fear? What do you fear most? I don't bears? know. Hmm? Bears? Spiders? Mm, not spiders. I fear falling. It's just like a fear like that I have. Falling over? Like, no, like think when you think of like carnival rides or whatever. And it any breaks? Of the, no, just any, like, big drops on roller, co- like, all that scares me very much, even though I know it's... Even though you know it's safe? Yeah. Well, they do say it's, fears are irrational. Yeah. Hmm. That's your that's, biggest that's fear? That's probably the one that, like, gets my heart rate going the fastest, and then I have, like, emotional fears, but we're not going to get into that. Let's get into that. No, no. Let's dissect this. Let's not. You're married. What does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Game you're over. Not, you're, you're done. You're not qualified. <laughs> Nobody's qualified. We just said everybody's making it up as they go along. <laughs> yeah, you're married. Game over. Doesn't really matter what your emotional fears are. Oh, no, it's not like... Your baggage sorry, is done with. No, no, sorry. That's not what I mean. I mean more like I just have like f- existential crisis fears. Oh. Uh, yeah. And that means... I don't know. Like, why are we here? Oh, oh my God. I've gone down some rabbit holes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I haven't even been high or drunk. I just like all Same. of a sudden you start thinking about it. When I learned about space from Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> We're nothing. <laughs> I can switch off the fossil fuels. It don't matter. <laughs> like it's hard. It's almost hard to get up to go to work the next morning. If you, once you go down one of those rabbit holes. Yeah. I, I, I have so many questions about why we have the conscious, conscience, consciousness that we have. Say tangentially. Tangentially. That one's easy. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, and just what the purpose is. I mean, it seems... So you really struggle with why are we here? Well, it's not a constant thought, but if I were to think of fears or things that make me uneasy, mm-hmm. it's those like big philosophical questions where I'm like, hmm. I never understood the why are we here question. I, I know that a lot of people are... Mm-hmm. Like you. My, sorry, and my question isn't so much, like when I say, why are we here? Mine's not like in the greater scheme of things, like what is my purpose? I I hope to understand that one day. <laughs> you mean like everybody in general, like but humanity I mean, yeah, in general? It's, it's more, why are we here almost mentally? 
Like, why do we have so much better understanding of our surroundings and of our environment and of everything than our fellow animals? Well, you say that, but dolphins, apparently dolphins have a, dolphins are supposed to be smarter than humans, I think. And orcas have an actual uh, greater sense of self than humans. Interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? So everything you're thinking, they're thinking, but more. So the whole, like, I'm Yovana, and this is me. That's an orca, but times it by 10. <laughs> it's hard to explain. No, it, it is hard to explain because that's, it's hard to understand. Yeah. I can't even understand myself. You're going to fuck me up. I'm going to go oh. down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, let's, we better not. No, let's do it. That's a good question. No, the why are we here? Yeah, I never really got that. It was never something that bugged me, and I never, I never, I, I think it's because I'm an idiot. I never really fully understood the question. I still don't. Like I said, I don't think that my question is the same question that is typically meant when people wonder why we're here. Yeah, you threw me for a loop there. Like, I'm thinking about it now. Why are we here consciously? But yeah, because it feels to me, like, from any evolutionary standpoint, it's a detriment. Like, us being emotionally attached to each other is not playing well for us. Do you think that's an evolutionary trait or is that a social construct? Being emotionally Ooh. attached. I think, that's I relatively think, new. I agree. But I think that the ability to have those feelings is biological. Right? That would make sense. Yeah. The fact that we feel them when we feel them might be a social construct. I guess my argument against it being a social construct is, like I just said, orcas have a sense of that as well. Like they have family pods. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, and they everybody grieve, saw. They grieve over, yeah. They grieve, yeah. You saw Blackfish when they took the one child away from the mom. I haven't seen it, but. Oh, you should watch it. It's really good. Uh, they take the one orca away from the mom at SeaWorld because they're flying the, the younger one to across the country. And she's like the whole night she's crying out looking for it. It's really sad. That is really sad. Yeah. It's That's almost as sad as octopuses. I haven't seen that. You should. I would watch it. I. It's honestly on our list. I don't yeah, know. We haven't that one's so it good. Yeah, we will. Poor little Tilikum. He's not little. So I guess that would be my argument against it being a social construct because we're not the only animal. Anim, animal, animal. Animal. I would that point out that you were the one who made the social construct argument. So <laughs> you're just that's arguing. I, you're just arguing with yourself. I don't. Point. That's what I do. That's what I'm good at. I don't do. <laughs> I don't know anything. I just say shit and see what sticks. I think we already uh, established that's what everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Make it up as you. Fake it till you make it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess my questions about life are just why are we so aware yeah. and we're probably not uh, even that aware aware of our own immortality mortality <laughs> <laughs> i was just testing you yeah. i've only had one tempo i know not even done yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm nursing it oh can't get too drunk we're at a different studio i gotta drive later Ooh. but i will say Actually, have you heard the, the speaking of uh, consciousness, I took a philosophy course in, actually, I took a couple of philosophy courses. Jealous. Yeah. Well, I'm a poli-sci major. You got to fill it up with electives, right? I got to. Sex, <laughs> love, and death. That's a great course. I think That's I wanted to course. take that. It's so I good. I, uh, I went to two classes and I did better than my friend who went to every class. She is an engineer in Iceland now. <laughs> And I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a famous podcaster. All 12 listeners. Um, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Shout out. White Hat City Podcast. Absolutely. No, uh, yeah, Sex, Love, and Death was really good. But another philosophy course I took, and that's one of the things you look at is, you know, consciousness and mm -hmm. people being aware. 
And one guy, I don't remember his name, might have been Emmanuel Kant, I don't know. He said, if something is real because I can see it, then everything is real because I'm looking at it and I can see it. But I can't see myself. So am I real? And if I'm not real, then is anything else real? Interesting. Fucking vicious circle, that one. That is. Well, it's like, yeah, have you read or heard of? Reading's hard for me. And if it's not about Nazis, I haven't read it. Yeah, I figured. Um, <laughs> the Allegory of the Cave by Plato. Yeah, I hated that one. Yeah. It, Plato can it, suck it just, a dick. Oh he never God. made any sense. Socrates is where it's at. Actually, no, I fucking hated Socrates. I like Plato a little bit more. <laughs> Well, because you could like shape it and do whatever, although it smelled kind of funny after. Oh, Plato, the. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, the. the. <laughs> Play toe, not play dough. Yes. <laughs> I hope I can keep that in. Are you going to edit anything out? Oh, hell no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, so the allegory of the cave. Oh, yeah, sorry. It was just. It, that just reminded me of that because they talk about how our reality is what we perceive. And if we're only seeing one thing all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that is what is true. Like, oh you remember my God, I just understood the cave. You just explained it to me. Because <laughs> they're sitting there and they're seeing all the shadows on the yeah. cave wall, right? And then that's what they ex- think reality is. But somebody outside of the cave who's seeing and interacting with each other, totally different. Holy shit. I've learned that thing three separate times. Once in high school, twice in university, and I'm still like, I don't get it. You just kind of explained it to me. <laughs> because the the last time I learned about it in university, the, the prof was like, because in the cave, the one guy goes out, mm-hmm. comes back in. And because he's seen the light, he can't really find his way in the cave. And he's stumbling around and it's dark and he's trying to get his friends to come. And his friends are like, no, you left and then you came back and now you can't see. So why would we leave? But I, I can totally see how that relates to your reality is what you perceive. Oh my God. You're welcome. We might have to do a separate podcast where you just explain things. <laughs> Nobody wants that. In that velvety voice. <laughs> Nobody wants that. The only reason I didn't want you on this is because your voice is better, way better than mine. Mm. I've been uh, riding that high since you said that to me, honestly, for what, two weeks now? I just, still don't hear it. I, t- I honestly grew up. Say velvet. Velvet. Say petrol pump. No. <laughs> this is going to get weird, especially with your husband in the other room. <laughs> um. Yeah, I honestly grew up thinking that my voice is... Everybody hates their voice. Horrid. Everybody Horrid. hates their voice. I thought it was the most annoying thing about me, and you know I'm annoying, so... <laughs> most people from Serbia are. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, you just lost two listeners. <laughs> is it your mom? And me. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to listen to your own? No. Listening God. to your own is weird, because that's like a, a rapper listening to his own songs, and they don't do that. Maybe Kanye. He probably does Kanye that. only listens to Kanye. his own songs. Uh, he changed his name legally to just Yay. Is he yay? I thought he was Yeezy. I thought it was Y-E. Is, is he going to be like P. Diddy, who was Diddy Dirty Money, Puff Daddy, P. Diddles? No, he wasn't P. Diddles. <laughs> that wasn't P. one of them. Sean Combs, isn't that his name? I think so. Yeah. He went through and a lot of name changes. Do you that need was, a refill? That was a roller coaster. Yeah, should we go? Yeah. No, no, uh, we're not going out. We're going to oh take boy. a pause. Duck Pond? Duck Pond. Duck Pond on right uh, the recommendation of your lovely wife. I have a wife. You don't do, do you do. She's pretty good. She's amazing. I don't know how you landed her, but... Yeah, as your husband says, she doesn't suck. Yeah, he... Well, he doesn't say that about her, he, but... No, he says that about me, I know. <laughs> 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 well, 
All those Serbs. Oh, that that best compliment ever. It used to drive me crazy when we were dating. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't it's suck. All, or it's all right. Anything. <laughs> I'd get excited about something. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, he's pretty chill. Is he? Big eye roll there. <laughs> it's all a ruse. <laughs> he's just a monster at home. <laughs> no, God, he's so not. <laughs> no. He's one of those good-looking monsters like uh, Robert Pattinson in Twilight. Or Taylor Lautner. You know, a monster, but you'd still go there. <laughs> I mean, it depends what your definition of a monster is, I suppose. I mean, I've been more of a, a, more of a Joe Jonas guy than a Taylor Lautner. I feel like they look similar. Dark hair. Well, you know what? This is very progressive for you, so I'm going to leave that. That's perfect. Just Good for you. Hey, I can appreciate hot. I don't differentiate. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm sure they're, they must be around our age. They've always seemed so young to me. Those fucking millennials. So young to you, you just, never no. mind, I'm not going to go there. No, 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 sorry. I, I don't know what it is. It's We grew up with them. No, I know, I know. But for some reason, they've always stayed, like I keep aging and they keep. <laughs> and they stay the same. And they stay the same. Hollywood magic. It's baby tears or uh. something. Baby plasma, I think is what they use. Do they just inject it or what do you think? Yeah, something like that. Something uh, like isn't that? that like the QAnon conspiracy that they all they, like murder babies and use it to stay young? You know, I'm I'm not very well read on my uh, QAnon conspiracy theories, but You're not up to date I, I, will, I will be reading up on that later tonight, I guess. Don't. You get some weird ads later. <laughs> They'll be uh, watching you. Did you. What was it? Again, I think I've said this before, not on your podcast, but uh, my... Uh, my source of news, Instagram. <laughs> I, sometimes I stumble across some gems and I can't remember what I saw. But it That's was helpful. I know, I know. It was something along the lines of, and I don't know if it was in the States, but it was in some well-developed country that they were going to try to pass a bill to, um, like, back. Like, I mean, they already track everything that we're doing, which, I, which is why I think that whole microchip business is so funny because we all carry one around in our pockets. Right. Willingly. Willing, willingly. I mean, they could hear me all the time they wanted to like if i have an fbi agent he's probably thinking what is wrong with this girl and her google searches <laughs> but yeah there was something about how um it was going to become legal to pro- track and profile people based on their google searches which i think is wild wildly unfair because based on some of the stuff that i read like oh you're talking about the social credit no but that is another thing that i think is very messed up but because there was an article that came out recently about how they would use google searches to uh, affect your social credit, if oh, they ever maybe had that's one. what I maybe yeah, that's what I saw. I think that's one you're referring to, which it, is yeah, scary. It very well be. and it is horrifying because I've also said this a million times to anyone that will listen, which is thankfully not very many people. <laughs> but yeah, the things that I look up, there they. I mean, I could probably be flagged on some weird things just because. Well, now you got to say it. What are you looking? Oh up? no, just like I read a lot of true crime. I read a lot of true crime. I read a lot of... Well, yeah, you're a woman. Everybody, all the women... We're addicted. Yeah. What do you want? Weird. It, I love all those memes that are... <laughs> I'm the opposite because I love scary movies, but all the memes about, oh, my girlfriend uh, refuses to watch any scary movies, but then there she is listening to true crime by herself in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, totally fine. Um, oh, but yeah. So I read, like... I listen to a lot of true crime. I read um, mainly kind of spooky mysteries and thrillers and stuff and you're googling these no so i when something comes up in a book and maybe it's you want to do some research on it exactly so if like a murderer got rid of a body in a certain way like is that 
real? Is that scientifically sound? So then I go Googling and I imagine that would... <laughs> you don't Google how to, no, how to get no. rid of a body like this. So usually when I do, I like, I usually put in the book title. So I'm like, it's because I'm reading this that like, I'm searching if this acid would actually dissolve bones. <laughs> Not because I'm trying to kill someone. <laughs> a little disclaimer for yeah, any NSA yeah. agents, CSIS agents that are reading it. <laughs> Dear agent, I read this book and want to know if this is a true fact or if you know, it's if, made up. <laughs> if anybody you know suddenly disappears, you're screwed. Oh they use goodness. Google searches for that shit. <laughs> and they, they know when you're an incognito. I don't even use that. Oh, that's brave. Like it's going to do anything. Come on. <laughs> I think the only thing it does is it just doesn't remember your history. That's great. Yeah. Great. It's not actually incognito. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you vote yesterday? I absolutely did. Did you? I did. Yeah. Nice. Did you? I was going to. Oh, boy. I know. You're I a always. Poly sign major. Goodness, Michael. <laughs> yeah, so I know how useless my vote is. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I know. I, I feel bad because I always give shit to people who don't vote. Like People died for you to vote. And then here I am not voting yesterday. Mm. I ran out of time. And what about uh, the pre-elections voting? Why didn't you I know, vote? I should have I done that. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? I always remember the pre-election on the last day of, uh, sorry, the, the pre-voting or advanced voting. Yeah. I always remember that. On the last day? The yeah, last no day. Yeah. And I Google, when does advanced voting end? Oh, it's over. Because my Google searches are normal. And yeah, then I realized. And you still don't vote. Are your Google searches normal? <laughs> mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. time. One time I didn't vote. Although, I'll be honest, I don't like, uh, is it Jody? Mm-hmm. Jody Gondek? It's J-Y. Yeah, I don't like Jody Gondek. And although I am a libertarian, I wasn't a Jeremy Farkas fan. And he was the next best, like he was number two. And I was like, I I, I can't really vote for Jeremy Farkas and I'm not going to vote for Jody. And then I know there was you're throwing your vote away. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was other stuff like my counselor, but uh, all of my, with the exception of maybe two or three of them, mm-hmm. I'm in Ward 1, which is up in like the Northwest. Oh, I know where uh, you live. In the, is it Northwest? Yeah, north up in the Northwest. It's uh, it, all the candidates, with the exception to two or three, they were all the same. They all, it's like they copy pasted their platforms. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure one of the same people was going to get elected. So I was fine with that. Uh, yeah, I'll be entirely honest. I abstained from voting for my counselor because I didn't do any research. Oh, so you I got it. Wanna... This is the first time. And that's the shitty thing. This is the first time I actually did, because I'm living on my own now. I'm not at my parents' place. I actually care about my counselor. I actually did all the research. I even did research on the school board people. My. <laughs> I was. I would elect to vote for the public school board, even though I went to Catholic school. Okay. But uh, my cousin had the best line about that. He goes, "No, no, no, vote for the Catholic school board, and you find the one that's the least Catholic, and you vote for that person." <laughs> He's trolling the Catholic school board by voting. <laughs> Get him from within. <laughs> you don't change the inside. The inside changes you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we did. Uh, we honestly, Austin was. Super on top of it, I'll say, in terms of... He's on top of everything. On a good day. Um, no, he's he is. But he, the whole time, when there, the advanced polls were open, I'm pretty sure he mentioned to me, like, the two weeks leading up to advanced polls being open, we're going to vote in the advanced polls, we're going to vote in the advanced polls, of course. I think Sunday or whatever, Monday, whatever day it was, the last day, rolled around and we're like, oh, we didn't vote in the advanced polls. <laughs> I'm sure you had a similar experience. Yep. But yeah, we're both working from home and our polling station is, I, uh, I tracked my walk to our, to our polling station yesterday. Was it cold? No, it was lovely yesterday. Oh. It was like 21 degrees yesterday. Spoiler. Lovely. Spoiler alert. Um, no, it was a 1.5 kilometer, less than 1.5 kilometer round trip walk. And I think Austin did the map mapping cause 
he wanted to drive and I was like, let's just walk. And he realized that it would take us longer to drive because to get to our Of course station. the couple, the engineer couple decided on oh, which I, would I be the most efficient I, way to get there. I would have walked either way. I wanted to get Jesus. out and get some fresh air, but Austin's justification was that it would be quicker to walk. And it was, yeah, we were in and out, no problem. My mom was texting me yesterday and she said, oh, there's a line at my polling station. And so I don't know how long she was in there, but yeah, we honestly walked in and walked out. Um, yeah, I, I'm i excited that we have a woman as our mayor yeah. for the first time ever. That's awesome. Go Quota Calgary. met. Don't say that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, think she would have i'm not super opposed at all by any means to her i'm guessing you didn't vote for her you don't have to say i I, I did i did vote for her but i wouldn't have voted for her if uh if there was a better opportunity to get someone other than mr farkas in that was the problem right i liked other candidates other than farkas but but they weren't gonna when they're trending at two percent exactly what am i gonna do did you see the poll the week before the uh the election it was like 20 23 Three percent Jody, twenty two percent Farkas, and then twenty three percent undecided. Like that's a lot. Like, yeah. the, the third highest poll was the undecided voters. Well, there's there was also so many candidates too that twenty eight. Yeah, at that point, like yeah, it was a pamphlet. Are, people are finishing with such a small portion of the vote. Two votes. Thanks, mom. <laughs> and dad. <laughs> oh, you didn't even vote for yourself in this in this scenario. <laughs> no, yeah, you got to be humble. Yeah, I'm shit. I wouldn't vote for me. I totally would vote for myself. It'd be kind of a waste if you didn't. Absolutely. No, I yeah. I, a lot of them, like Farkas, I think Davidson was the same. I can't remember who the other one was I was looking at. They were property tax freezes and they wanted to get that under control, which I'm actually, on board with. Jo- Jody is actually doing property tax stuff too. Well, okay. So this is the problem I have with Jody is she said that, but she also said she thinks the Alberta government needs to pitch in more and she's going to ask for more money than them. So instead of paying taxes to the city, you just end up paying taxes to the province. So yeah, in, yeah. the problem I have with it is it's too much the Nenshi, the, the Nenshi school of thought where just tax more. We have a tax issue. No, we don't have a tax issue. We have a spending issue. Well, we absolutely have a spending issue. And the Everybody and she was the one candidate issue. out of all of them, like the major ones that didn't seem to recognize that we have a spending issue. Mm, I don't know she, if I necessarily got that from what I read on her platforms. I did pick up the whole... Uh, a lot of her argument on the property taxation was against how much the Alberta government was taking and not putting back into Calgary in terms of grants. Yeah. Which, which fair enough. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it seemed to me, maybe I'm reading between the lines, I don't know, but she was still for these taxes and not doing something about it. And maybe taking a look at it and going, maybe we need to stop bleeding our constituents and citizens it's yeah it's really hard i mean we go through this every year and every time alberta's in a downturn we see it because we are a have we are a have province even in our darkest times we're still seen as a have province right like excuse me how are we a have province when we have the highest unemployment like not the highest unemployment rate in the country we're not newfoundland you know how many newfoundlanders i worked with me too when i was bartending they're all from nova scotia or newfoundland and they're great they're amazing I people, love it, but, but it, they it, all it, came here. Well, it's super unfortunate that you have to go so far from your hometown to get a job to support your family. I'm, I was working with people that fly in and out of Newfoundland on shift work. They're That's, working seven days on, seven days off, and they're spending, you know, 
a full day of their time off traveling back and forth. That's a huge commitment. It's huge. But if that's how you're going to support your family. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just glad that Nenshi's gone. I I didn't like him from the start. So ma- I know so many people that have such a problem with Nenshi. I don't have a problem with Nenshi. Your property tax bill does. Oh my goodness, yeah, my property tax bill. I the don't want to talk about my property tax bill. The war against the car. Nenshi started a war against the car. Added all these fucking bike lanes. Took away parking. Calgary's a pig of a city. I'm sorry, but it is. You need, you need. Cal- uh, Calgary's huge. Yeah, huge. that's what I'm saying. Is, 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 you need a car. I, I know that there's a war against it right now, but you need a car in the city. You can't get around without it. Transit mm-hmm. sucks. Public transit sucks in this city. You and I are of the same opinion yeah. on that whole thing. So I, why are you making it harder, especially downtown? If you want to revitalize downtown, why are you making it harder for people who don't live downtown? Because most people don't. Why are you making it harder for them to go into downtown when you're trying to revitalize that's it? That's actually, that's one of the big problems that, had come up during this municipal election was the the fact that we do have a big downtown core, but so little of the population is residing in it. Yeah. Da- downtown Calgary was always built and designed to be a workplace. Yeah, and then it, they realized, yeah. oh no, we need to be more like other cities where it's, it's, uh, not an adventure place, uh, a destination. <laughs> it, adventure it's land. Adventure land. Um, yeah. go to work for adventure. Uh, <laughs> it stemmed from, um, it stemmed from separating your work home from your your work life from your home life, right? So the idea was you'd come into your place of work and then you'd leave and that's it. There'd be Shops a, close there'd at be six device. o'clock downtown. They're not open on Sundays. Your wife and I were going shopping yesterday, and uh, yeah, we were <laughs> we were talking about how frustrating it is that the core closes at five or six. Yeah, like, that's part, great. Part I of that it's also due to COVID, but even before no, that, it always. I don't think that they were open. They that, that uh, mall was never open in the evenings. It, yeah, in my memory, it's dead. I was it's, always shocked when it was open on the weekends. <laughs> it's lunch service. That's the big service. There. It is. And I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit when I was working in downtown Calgary, I was a, I was very much a patron of the <laughs> downtown stores. Right. Yeah. I'd go out for lunch. I, I, Austin will tell you, I love shopping. Yeah. Go out at lunch, especially when I was a university kid with no <laughs> expenses. Thank you, mom. <laughs> but yeah, probably could have made some better financial decisions when I was younger. And uh, but yeah, no. It's such a shame that like this really is a great city. Uh, my Uber driver just told me that uh, Alberta is again ranked as one of the, I think it's top two provinces to live in, in in the country. Um, and yeah. if you're gonna live in Alberta, let's face it, you want to live in Calgary. Yeah, Edmonton's Edmonton is fine. I don't like it from. Because I'm used to Calgary, not the rivalry or anything. I just prefer mm-hmm. Calgary. I I think it's, if I'm honest, a little less dumpy. I Th- there's areas everywhere that's dumpy, but w- whatever. I, I used to work up there. Time. Yeah, I used to work up there when I was working at the ledge. So, but the this ledge. is su- so it's such a great city and for our downtown to always be. Oh, the, the I, I, okay, I, yeah. No, I know. Sorry, yeah. I just, for our downtown. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, for our downtown to be decrepit and kind of ignored and not fully utilized problem. like and that. Unsafe. It's a shame. It's unsafe. Not unsafe. I don't know way. if it's unsafe. Have you seen what's been going on lately? Have is that is that because of the design or is that because of the pandemic? Oh no, that's sorry. It's not I don't think it's a strictly design issue, but you like you said, it's been neglected for so long. Yeah. I mean Yeah, the the it'll last eight, 12 months, the swarming attacks seem to be rising up. I don't know, like that machete attack. 
Oh, the one on the C train, yeah. Yeah. But that's, it's, although, okay, so here's kind of the argument against that is the fact that that's such a shock to everybody is a good thing. Yeah. It doesn't normally happen. It's it's outside. That we're not like, oh, that's just normal. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't have that that thought it's like oh my god somebody attacked four people with a machete that's news and i'm glad it is because in some cities i know it wouldn't be yeah it'd be a regular saturday there's studies to show that it's always around train stations i know that was the one argument when they destroyed ernest manning and put in the train station by westbrook mall everybody that lived around there in that area was against it because i'm up they were being a little bit elitist because it's not crime it's they were homeless population and unfortunately if you want to get into it, a lot of the homeless population is mentally unwell because we don't have the facility. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way mental illness is looked on. Right. So they were against that. And it's just where public transit is. There's going to be a bit of crime. Well, and also if you think about somebody who doesn't have the means to house themselves, the, their only way of getting around, like how easy is it to hop onto a train, not pay for a ticket? And oh my God. How are you going to get ticketed? You don't have a home ad. Like, yeah, what are they going to do? Exactly. I don't have an ID, ID. How are you going to write me yeah. a ticket? So, I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense that if somebody is on the street, that they would be mainly on the areas along a train line. Like, you can't get onto a bus without paying. No, no. Not in our city. I mean, other cities you can, yeah. right? Because you can get in on any door and whatever they have the. And I know that they, like, who knows if they just, it's just talk to them, but they, every candidate wants to talk about revitalizing downtown, which is great. Yeah. And they should because there's so many good things popping up now. Like Calgary is in such a great place, even with the pandemic, for new and different places, not just chains or anything, just the local the restaurant stuff. Industry craft, restaurant, booming. craft, beer, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was Escape Rooms was big, but it just oh, no, the, the little... Oh, is big. Yeah. Well, I know pandemic kind of screwed them over. But just anything to do. Like, there's a bunch of cool, local, different things popping up. And we need to do everything we can to support that and make sure it's well utilized. Yeah, and I agree. You know, you need to have cars and parking. Yeah, okay. So, I'm not I'm not opposed. We just went through this whole thing, you know, where we live. Yeah. Our, we've had a parking the issue bike, recently. The bike but lane. Our bike lane is literally, um, it goes uh, perpendicular to our street, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right Useless bike lane. I I don't think it is. I it. I, I think, will say no. It's I don't think it is because I have in the past because we'll go biking, and yeah, there's a river yes, path right there. There is a river path, but I think it is good that they connected the river path to the uh, street path because before they didn't do that much in our area. It was like three four block extension to connect the existing bike path to the river path, and I'm glad they did because on uh, I'm a nervous biker i always think i'm gonna get hit by a car when i'm on my i just i that's how i think it's gonna gonna go for me (laughs) i will not bike on the street unless (laughs) there i feel safe i did when i was living downtown and it was fine i I, like i said i'm a little but i wasn't an asshole cyclist like most of them i was a courteous because i believe in the car and i love having a car and i hate cyclists so i was a courteous cyclist you know though for me anyways and i'm sure for you it's the same whether you'll admit it or not but when i'm in my car I hate the cyclists. Everybody hates cyclists. When I'm on my bike, I hate the pedestrians and the runners. When I'm running, I hate rollerbladers, people on a scooter, people on a bike, people in a car. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little different. When I'm in a car, I hate the cyclists. When I'm on a bike, I hate the cyclists. And when I'm running, I really hate the cyclists. (laughs) Work harder and get a car. Let's be honest. I don't think that a majority of the people that are biking 
don't have a car. I no, think I know it's they're choice doing it. They're making. So yeah, it's a choice they're making. It's and it's, it's a great choice. I think it's good that I I like the accessibility. Well, because yeah, because they made it hard to impossible to park. So you need to have a bike. Impossible financially, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. At the very least, absolutely. Exactly. Well, and it's like I have this whole argument. Downtown is one thing. I do think that getting downtown is easier than getting to a lot of other places, depending on where you live, obviously. But there are bus routes. There's yeah, but buses suck. And are you going to take? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But there are ways to get downtown. I think, but there are. But it's about the ease of getting downtown, right? It's a chore to take public transit. But what really bothers me when, like, you're talking about parking, it drives me insane how much it costs to park at university. I think that I is, agree. I think that is outrageous, disgusting. That is thievery at its finest. Why are you you're charging already, students who are already in debt, paying thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars? Most of them, not most of them, but that some of them will not ever be able to employ themselves gainfully in their hello field liberal of study. arts degree. Like it sucks. Yeah. It's horrible. And then on top of that, like, I remember when I started going to university, we, I might misquote this, but we used to carpool. Yeah. You get the carpool charge for and $2 a yeah. day. So that was when we started. I'm pretty sure the carpool charges, Gone by the up. time I left, it was already at, I think at least five bucks, which means that just driving at the cheapest lots was 10 bucks. Like that's not fair. And then hospitals is the other one that drives me crazy. Nobody wants yeah. to be at the hospital. Nobody is there. Pay. They don't For even, any good reason. They don't even have a grace period. No. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being I'm, ticketed or towed as you're driving your loved one right. to the ER? You're never really going to the hospital for a good reason. Never. Unless you're uh, having like a kid. Like, maybe a baby yeah. or yeah. maybe you were Even then, you know, my wife's in labor. Oh, I got to pay for parking. Yeah. One second. Oh, sorry, honey. I hope yeah. I hope you don't give birth while I'm get out of the ER. parking. Yeah, get out of the, get out of the ER. I got to go park. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I completely agree so with you on, on both nuts. of those. Downtown, like I said, it does bother me, but not as much as those other two institutions because well i just think especially now we need to do everything as a community to support all these businesses mm-hmm. especially with it's just restriction so whatever you think of the restrictions it's it's tough for businesses to stay it's afloat so it, it, what drove me crazy during the pandemic too is i think it was very unfair and i don't know how you would get around this short of giving better notice but the amount of wasted food that there was in every restaurant because they told them oh you can open nope you're closed and they just stocked up. And it was literally like two days later. Yeah. People. Which that was one of many issues with all yeah. how. The, and I mean, whatever you think of the conservative UCP and Kenny, I think it doesn't matter if it was Notley in there, if it was the liberals, whoever was in charge was going to come out not looking good because it's none of us knew how to cope with this. Very, very easy to throw shade when you're not in the hot seat. Exactly. And whatever decision you make, there's going to be the majority of people who, not 50%, the majority of people are going to hate you. Oh, yeah. So and I appreciate that Kenny's been doing his best to try and keep things open. Whether you think uh, whatever you think of it is what it is, but at, at some point, yeah, you got to realize that the em- economic hurt and and the grief that it causes is almost. I don't want to equate it to the deaths and stuff, but are we going to go down this little? Uh no, we're COVID not. COVID rabbit hole? Because I have a few I have a few opinions. How do you? I, I have a few opinions. Do you want to get them off your chest? I, I just... I think that this has sort of been labeled as an unpopular opinion, but I don't think it is or that it should be. Are you about to get canceled? I mean, I don't think I'm important enough to get canceled. Okay, let's hear it. No, I just think... I'm sure you've heard too, but the amount of people that were afraid to go to the hospital when they were having a heart attack over the past 
we're, we're coming up on a year and 18 months. Yeah. A year and a half. We're over a year and a half. Um, but the amount of people that have died as a result of COVID and not from having COVID is way higher than it should be. People not going to the hospital because they're afraid of catching COVID. Missed cancer screenings. Missed, missed cancer operations. screenings. I, there's literally been news articles out about multiple people who are having heart attack symptoms that they would have been fine if they had gone and gotten treatment. But, but instead, the fear of COVID. Oh, we're going to stay home. I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to get COVID. So it'd be two things. It's the fear of getting COVID and the, oh, I'm supposed to stay home. I'm not supposed to go out. And then you die of a heart attack. Like, how devastating is that? I think we need to be looking at those numbers too. Another thing that I've said throughout this whole. I think people are starting to realize it. Like people in power are starting to realize I hope that they, as well. Uh, they are. I think actually Henshaw came out and said something about when. Um, and it could be an unpopular. Well, to the one side that still thinks it's a menace. It, that would be an unpopular opinion yeah but i think most people are kind of on board now with let's look at the total cost of covid yeah because it's it's there have been i i'm not going to say anything about numbers because i don't know them for sure but i do believe that there has been more non-covid deaths as a result of covid than are ever justified. One more. There has been a lot. And, and even if you want to take the deaths out of it and look at just lives destroyed, businesses lost, families that broke up because the two things you fight about are family and money. And when you can't have any money. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's just been very unfortunate. What scares me though is I, I this whole sep- like separation that has been caused. Um. I think that the people who don't believe that COVID is a real threat and like I have personal, like I know people who have passed away from COVID and I know that it is a threat. I believe it is a threat, let's say. Um, but I'm so scared that if in the future we get a, a virus or disease or something that is actually worse has higher death rates, is, you know, a bigger, I don't want to say that this isn't a big deal, but that something with higher death rates, something that's actually super, super dangerous and could wipe out a population. Yeah. People are not going to take it seriously. They're going to think, oh, well, we well they, 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 shut, they shut us down for COVID and we were fine. So we're not going to listen to these Actually, that's a good point because they sold, COVID was sold to us as you're going to die. Yeah. And it's going to, and it's going to suck the yeah. way you die. Yeah. I could, I, I could so see that. Future, I've never thought of it like yeah, that. If something in the future comes out that is, like has a 90% death rate, you catch it, you're dead. Mm-hmm. I think our current mental state as a society, I think it, enough people are going to be like, oh, pff, whatever. And to that extent, I blame, put most of the blame on the media and the way it was reported. Yeah. They scared the shit out of everybody. I'm, hey, that's what kicked off my anxiety was just checking numbers every day, reading horror stories. And know, there are horror stories. Horror Absolutely. Stories. Yeah, of course there are, but... The way it was reported, you believe most people who catch COVID end up like that, mm-hmm. when in reality, they don't. It's still a detrimental thing, and there was a lot of unnecessary lives lost, but I agree. Yeah, this it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. What happens next? Yeah, that's kind of scary. Well, now that everything's open, though, where are you going? What's what's some of your favorite hit spots Ooh, to hit? My favorite spots. Let's break it down. Let's make it easier. If you want a nice, fancy dinner, like, like you're going to go choke on some sausage later. No. <laughs> where, are you, where are you going? Uh, sausage aside, I... Like a nice date night. A nice date night. Actually, Austin and I are going for a nice date night. Um, 
Don't tell people. They'll show up. You're famous now. Come on, everyone. I will sign some autographs. (laughs) No, nobody wants to see me. Um, No, Bridget Bar for me. Huge. Love Bridget Bar. Love that whole. They do good stuff. Love that whole Um, Lulu's great. (gasps) Lulu is pretty good. Although the last time I went there, service wasn't that good. And also, I used to, this is going to sound really mean. I used to work for Concord back in the day. Who owns Lulu? And I. And. Hmm? Austin worked for Concord too, right? Yeah. I think I got him the job. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Thank you for our livelihood. Yeah, I used to work for Concord and there was like a way... Actually, you know what? This, I'm just repeating myself because I think I said this on a previous podcast, but uh, there used to be kind of like a certain qualifications you had to meet to mm. work front of house. And when I was at Lulu, those qualifications were not met. Really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, I wonder if... But... I do understand that uh, most most uh, bars and restaurants are struggling to hire people right now. Are There's you, a shortage. Sorry, are you judging your front of house staff experience on? Um no, the service was terrible. Okay. Yeah, the service was awful. Uh, she forgot about us. Uh, I saw our drinks get made at the bar and, left. and then sat there for, I know everybody was like five minutes. It was five minutes. And if you time five minutes for a drink to sit, that's a long time. I, but yeah. their food is really good. It's so the good. The food it's was so really good. good. So good job, kitchen staff. I, um, I celebrated my 30th birthday at Lulu. Oh, you're 30? Mm-hmm. No way. I mean, my 23rd birthday. Sorry, I, had a, I don't know what happened there. You celebrated the first anniversary of your 29th birthday at Lulu? Uh, actually, I don't know if you know this about me, but I when I turned 25, my girlfriend and I are born within two days of each other. And so we've been celebrating our birthday since we were together since we were 17, definitely 18. Maybe 17. Um, but we celebrate together every year in one way or another. And, uh, yeah, we, we celebrated 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 normally. Thanks for counting that. You're welcome. Some people struggle. <laughs> We're being inclusive. Fractions. I can't do fractions. I can count. <laughs> what percentage of... Uh, Don't. <laughs> um, anyways, after 25, we just kept... Going with 25, 25, 25, 25. So, actually, it was the sixth anniversary oh. of my 25th birthday. Okay. Well, right? That's a good spot to go. I feel like that's wrong, Matt. Yeah. Do you have a cocktail place that you like? Ooh. Are you into cocktails? I am-ish. I am more of a beer and wine person, Ooh. but I do like a good old-fashioned, so 118 Empire. <gasps> Are they open? They're still open? They oh, be. I haven't been there in a bit. I haven't been there forever, but they do really but cool shit. Oh, my goodness. Burning I, the wood at your table. Burning the wood at your table. The number of different smoke flavors they have. Yeah. The number of different bitters. The, the combinations of, you can do. Yeah, you can. They do really good. And I've never eaten there, but the food looks dynamite. Um, no? I haven't eaten much there. Their menu is quite small. Yeah. And 118 is uh, it's right across from the Calvary Tower, which is yeah, on 9th there. So. Uh, Austin and I have... Um, and again, Bridget Bar's downtown as well. It's uh, eleventh, tenth. Oh. It's on tenth. Yeah, they're on. I'll they're on tenth. Yeah, one eighteen is great. Austin and I have season tickets for. Uh, we're very uh, classy people. <laughs> you have season tickets for Vertigo. It's a. Oh, they do plays. Murder mystery theater. Yeah. What is this? Oh yeah, amazing. We love it. We are. We've been season ticket holders. We're coming up into our third season, I think. So last year was Is it interactive watch. or it's like a play? No, 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 it's a play. Well, please. But it's always a murder Do not mystery. interact with me when I'm... <laughs> I came here to uh, sit and enjoy. I, I don't want to take part. I to be entertained. I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm actually an introvert. 
I am. I am. I'm an introverted extrovert. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, Vertigo so, Theater. And that's right uh, under so the you would highly Tower. Yeah, and you'd so, highly recommend Vertigo Theater. Oh, eh? hugely. Because I always see the sign. That's what I'm talking about. I was an idiot there talking about how awesome downtown is with the craft food and the craft beer. And I'm like trying to think of something other than an escape room. And I've, this is what I was trying yeah. to talk about is the art scene in Calgary is actually fantastic. It is. I, but it's forgotten about. It is. And I don't, it's not while, uh, widely advertised very well, I don't think. No, it's not. We heard about it. Like the only reason we started going was because Austin's parents are were season ticket holders and still are. But they bought us, I think, our first show and we were hooked. Again, this is all I read. I love. I love my Agatha Christie. I love, like, I love all that stuff. So. And then there were none. That's my favorite Agatha Christie. I really like that. I really, really. There's nothing. Do you know what that used to be called? Yes, I do. Okay. And, yeah, I do. I'm glad they changed the name. Yeah, good Good move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so every season they'll typically have, like, a classic book uh, made into a play. They'll do Sherlock every once in a while. Um, yeah, it's it's. Highly, highly recommend anyone that hasn't seen it. That, yeah. yeah, if you guys want to join us, like I said, I think we can get some special pricing for additional tickets. Date so, night. Yeah, I'm into it. Date night. Let's it, do it. Let's book it up. We love it. We, you know, you can get dressed up. You don't have to. Can I sit next to Austin? Oh, please do. Okay. <laughs> like if if I, if Austin and I sit in the middle, that's what we actually can we get our own seats? Do, we can just get like the tickets that we get for you guys will be in a different area of the theater, and then yeah, for me and Austin. Yeah, you guys will yeah, okay. sit. In whichever space you like. Well, there you better. go. Hit Bridget Bar for dinner, One Empire for cocktails. After. And then yeah. uh, Vertigo. Oh, after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's go. smart. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I I love it. They do a great job. Uh, they always have a cocktail that is on theme. So it'll be. With the play? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. No, it's At, awesome. at Vertigo. At the Vertigo yeah. Bar. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's awesome. And then, you, yeah, it's great. I highly recommend it's Vertigo. Really I'm, there's lots of great places to go watch uh theater in calgary but that is the one that i personally know and love so there's a lot of cool shit in the city there is yeah. you said uh so you're wine and beer mm-hmm. so where, where, where do you go for wine home yeah you say you mostly. <laughs> uh, we've been in a pandemic for the past 18 months so well, no but everything's my, open now what well, most of my, it's still yeah. <laughs> i'm better suited to drink wine at home <laughs> nothing better than that cheaper too um do you have a nice beer place like what Alberta favorite. Beer Exchange is my favorite place to buy beer. That's the one right by Sinalta Station. Yeah. Yeah. And you can pick and choose. Yeah. So they're all like singles. You're not buying packs and they just do a lot of craft beer. I can't believe nobody's really brands. done that before. That's ingenious. You know, I, I don't think that they're the first, but they have definitely done a good job of promoting themselves, I yeah. think. Uh, where we used to, we used to live in East Village, as you know, and there was a place there and I can't remember the name, but they were kind of similar, and they do. They have a bunch of beers on tap that you can get growlers filled, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have some one shots. And at those places, you can get some pretty good wines as well. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite uh, local brewery? Or that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like none of that outside BC crap. Nice. Yeah. No. No. Calgary brewery. There's so many. No. Calgary, in Calgary has a great, 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 great brewery scene, and like the Barley Belt. You can go out there and you can bar hop all night. Yeah. That's good. It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a time when I could drink more than two beers, but now I'm old and fat and I get bloated after one and a half. And I got to call it quits. <laughs> oh. I just have the little ones. Just give me a sampler. <laughs> I just want one two ounce pour. Thank you. Yeah. But like a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. That way you can buy a lot of different yeah. things. If you, <laughs> if you have nine two ounce pours, it's way better than a pint. You have tried so many... Different flavors at that point. Yeah. And you drank less. 
Yeah, I don't know. I if you're trying something. to work it out, a pint is eighteen ounces. <laughs> For people a, who like a, me who suck at math, you can get a twenty ounce pint, like the big ones. Nobody sells those. Yeah, they do. Where? I'm pretty sure. I'm the call national bullshit on that. Them, sells no. them. National, no. Even no. so, when I was working there, they were eighteen ounces, and even then, it's the the net, the last two ounces are well, no, the last ounce is like head. Oh. Yeah, um, they build they build them as uh, twenty ounces when I was working there, but it really wasn't okay because uh, I think the limit here is eighteen. In the states, you can get twenty ounce. Okay, my bad. Sorry for yeah. sorry and national for the... cheaped out now, and their pint is now oh, sixteen tiny. ounces, I, I but out. the same price. Yeah, I went out with a with one of my girlfriends maybe a month ago. Ordered a pint. I got a sleeve. It's not this a pint. Yeah, a pint. I, right? This is a sleeve. I'll tell you who does do pints. Last Best. Yes. I do love Last Best. Yeah. They do They do good pints. But actually, there's, there are other, there's other places. Boston Pizza does fucking pints. They still do them. How is it illegal to sell a 20-ounce pour when you can sell somebody a pitcher with one glass? Um, You're not supposed to. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because I remember one time... When I just turned 18 and we went for somebody's birthday and we got them the, remember the boot? Yep. Yep. At uh, Worst? Somebody brought a boot. Oh, okay. And they pour it for you. They would, where we were, it would pour it for us. But she said, I can't put this down in front of you unless yes, you've yes, got yes, other yes, people yes. here. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Right? And I remember at Boston Pizza, again, Boston Pizza one time, I was, uh, my friends went to the bathroom and the server came and I was like, can we get, can I get a picture? And she goes, I can't unless Served you have other, yourself. yeah, exactly. So. No, that's true, I guess. But the weird thing about that is you could serve somebody a Stein because National used to have Steins. Steins used to be huge. Remember Worst had Steins? And it was a liter. It was a liter of booze. Um, so my mama is a beer fiend. That's where I get it. That's all she drinks. She, I mean, she doesn't always drink, but if she's drinking, she's drinking beer. So God bless them. I love them. They're so funny. Her and her best friend, uh, they have their local bar that they go to, and they do serve Steins there. And they're the first time that they went and they had it like they've gone there many, many times, but they showed up once and they had a new server and they ordered two steins and the girl was like, you know, that's a leader, right? And they got so upset because. Yeah, we know it's a fucking leader. <laughs> I mean, they were nice. They're like, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, with an accent. Your point being. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're so. Wielding like, a switchblade. I've gone with them and. Her best friend is one of my best friend's aunts. Like, she's her aunt. You know who I'm talking about, I'm assuming? No, and I don't think we have time to do Serbian family training. Whatever, you do know who I'm talking about, who's my Serbian friend. Um, but, yeah, so anyways, sometimes my girlfriend and I will go out with my mom and her aunt, and they're so funny. They show up at the bar, and the, the servers, no matter who it is, they know. They just bring them pints of blonde. I will admit, <laughs> it's there's it's a, such a good feeling to be a usual. I've been a usual at a couple places now mm -hmm. probably more than a couple but it's it's a nice feeling to be a usual i don't think i have a cons consistency in my you like variety choice of beverage so i don't oh. even if i showed up all the time they still would have no idea what to bring me that's true yeah you gotta switch it up but yeah well now i'm getting thirsty should we get out of here i mean yeah i guess we should okay. tell and, tell the ladies and gentlemen your name because i can't pronounce it <laughs> Jovanna chusevich oh i was gonna say Jovanna kuzevich would have been wrong. I would have been wrong. I mean, really. It's also, really. It's also Jovana. Also, it's Jovana. Also, Jovana. Also, Moreau. Did you change your name? I haven't yet. Ooh. It's it's a sore point. It'll happen. Sore point for him. Uh, it's not really. I don't know if he's really upset. But. Oh, I like. I even told my wife. Don't. She's the one that did it. I almost paid You're her not to do it. 
<laughs> your wife and I actually had a good discussion about that, and uh, she beat me to it. <laughs> about changing names? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you got married first. Yeah, <laughs> barely. Barely. You were supposed to get married first. Yeah, you stole my thunder. Sorry. Bitch. And with that, we wish you a good night. <laughs> Jovana Chusevich. Thank you. All right, let's go drink some stuff. Bye, everybody. Bye.